Aloha Pen Nation. What is up? You are now tuned into yet another edition of BJPen.com Radio. As always, guys, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Pleasure to be here with you each and every week. Sometimes on a Wednesday, sometimes on a Thursday. But yeah, we continue to bring you guys the best possible show, best possible guests, and awesome conversations. BJPen.com Radio, we are the fighter's voice. We give these athletes a platform to speak their hearts and minds without bias, an outlet, if you will. We're also the voice of you guys, the fans. We greatly appreciate all the love and support. BJPen.com forward slash MMA news is your home for all things mixed martial arts. Whether it be the hot topics, the viral videos, the breaking news, fight announcements, exclusive content, exclusive interviews like you hear on this show, BJPen.com forward slash MMA news. We have got you covered, guys. We're the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today. All of you folks in Penn Nation make that possible. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. I'm not going to waste too much time on news tonight. Running a little bit behind schedule, to be quite honest. But before I talk about the guest list, real quick, I just wanted to say big thank you to James Lynch at at Lynch on Sports. Uh, He had... One of the best in the business, a guy from Team Penn, our own Chris Taylor, had him on the MMA Industry Podcast today. Awesome stuff, great interview, and good to get that exposure that that this team deserves. You know, they all put in a put in a lot of work to bring BJPenn.com to where it is today, bring all of you guys the news as it breaks, be professional about it, and so forth. So big thank you to James, big shout out to Chris, and the whole team for that matter. We're on the rise in 2018, that's only going to continue. Awesome stuff. Also guys, play-by-play radio, featuring your own BJ Penn, last week it was Reagan as well, and rude boy Troy, Troy Mandalones, doing very well. If you can't catch the fights, or if you just want to listen to some Professional analysis as the fights go on. Make sure you tune in each and every UFC card. BJPenn.com, play-by-play radio. Very cool stuff. Certainly taking off. I imagine it's going to be a very big thing uh, by the end of this year. So get on the train now while you can. All right, guys. So listen, one guest tonight. We've got a Probably a big show lined up for next week with several guests, but for this uh, for this week, we've got one of the big winners from over the weekend, UFC 221 in Perth, Australia. We've had him on the show before. Now ranked number five in the heavyweight division, Curtis Razor Blades. Damn good performance against Mark Hunt, in my opinion. Can't fault the guy for sticking to the game plan and doing what he had to do against one of the most dangerous guys in the division with some of the best striking mixed martial arts has ever seen in Mark Hunt. Put on a great performance, as I said. Caught a lot of criticism, unjustly so in my opinion. But you'll hear us talk about it. MMA fans are either the best or the worst. There is no in-between. So we'll talk with him about the performance. What's next for him? Surviving that onslaught of Mark Hunt early in the fight, weathering the storm, 
and then implementing his game plan, putting down some great ground and pound, and uh, pretty much dominating the the last two rounds of the fight, the second and third round. Great guy, up and comer, has a birthday coming up. He's only going to be 27 on February 18th. Tons of potential for him. Really big mashup matchups on the horizon. I'm sure you guys will enjoy the conversation. So for news, we'll keep it brief. Recap UFC 221. The main event, we saw Yoel Romero put away Luke Rockhold. Very impressive fashion. Rockhold was looking good up until the finish. You know, he was utilizing his range, had some great leg kicks in there. But what seems to be Luke's Achilles heel is that left hand that led to his demise. Romero caught him clean, dropped him with the left hand, and then certainly put the stamp on it afterwards. Got the big finish. Missed weight, so he didn't get the interim title. But now it sets up the rematch with Robert Whitaker. Uh, (laughs) Romero proceeded to kiss Rockhold uh, after the fight, and that went viral. There was a ton of funny memes about it. I'm sure you guys saw. Uh, He said he's ready for the rematch with Whitaker. UL's manager says that they want the fight for UFC 225. Hopefully that can happen. The rest of the card was tremendous. One of those sleeper cards, a lot of people might not have bought it, but man, did they miss out. All the Aussies put on a show. (laughs) One guy even chugging a beer from a shoe of a fan. I want to say his name is is pronounced uh, Tai Tiuvasa. Aussie guy, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing his name, uh, up-and-coming heavyweight as well. Tyson Pedro, slick submission in the first round. And, of course, in the co-main event, our guest tonight, Curtis Blades, gets the upset over a legend like Mark Hunt and uh, puts himself into what should be title contention very soon. Number five ranking now in the heavyweight division. Nasty eye gouge from uh, Li Jingliang which should have resulted in, in some kind of punishment from the ref. I mean, Lee basically used an eye rake to avoid a submission. So, as it always goes, no UFC card can can complete without, without any controversy. There was your controversy. Tons of news I didn't get into because of, because of the schedule. We are running behind today. My apologies for that. Lots of stuff we could have chatted about. Breaking news, fight announcements. All of that and much more, you guys already know where to go, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Uh, big fights this weekend, though. Roy Nelson versus Matt Mitrione at Mohegan Sun, the second fight in the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix. Of course, Sunday, we have Cowboy Cerrone taking on Yancey Medeiros, Derek Lewis, Marcin Tybura, and our boy James Vick looking to throw down in front of his hometown crowd. Should be a couple of awesome cards. Make sure you guys tune in. And if you can't tune in, Listen to BJPenn.com, play-by-play radio uh, for all the action and some awesome analysis and some great conversations from some really cool guys, our own BJ Penn, of course, being one of them. Like I said, breaking news, viral videos, exclusive content, interviews, you name it, guys, BJPenn.com, we have got you covered. Everything that you crave from the sport that you love and mixed martial arts, you know where to go. Bookmark us, follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the like. Let's not waste any more time. We'll jump right into it. Our guest tonight, Curtis Razor Blades, had a great conversation with him. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. 
Keep your eye on him, man. If all goes to plan, he'll be fighting for the title end of 2018, possibly early 2019. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Coming up next, Curtis Blades. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show one of the big winners from over the weekend at UFC 221 down under. Of course, I'm talking about the man himself defeating Mark Hunt, Curtis Razor Blades. Curtis, what's going on, man? Are you back home in the States by now? Yeah, yeah, I got back on uh, Tuesday afternoon. Very good, very good. Speaking of travel, man, tell me about the flight to Perth. How long did it take, and how long did it take you to get adjusted to the time difference? Uh, it was a 25-hour uh, flight, including layovers and stuff. And it took us about two, two days, well, three days, to get our, our sleep schedules uh, back to relatively normal. Right, right. I know a lot of fighters talk about that. It's It's the time adjustment that... That's a real killer there, but it sounds like you you acclimated, you handled it just fine. Yeah. So thirty. I, I wasn't gonna let. No worries. Very good, very good. I saw uh, you had a tweet thirty hour flight back. That's brutal, man. Yeah, those was, was layovers. We had an eight hour uh, layover from Perth to uh, Melbourne. We got to Melbourne. We had to hang out for like eight hours. Well, that's good. I mean, did you get a chance to take in any of the culture, enjoy your time in Australia? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, we walked around. We do, we do what we always do. Look for things to distract me. <laughs> right, right. Cool, man. Cool. Well, obviously much to discuss with you, my friend. Let's start right from the top, though. How happy are you with this big win over Mark Hunt? I'm very happy. Uh, I don't think you could have went any... Any more to the plan. Um, we knew he, he'd have a chance to touch me up, and, and he did, and I survived. And then we went into wrestling mode. Now, uh, def- definitely the biggest win of your career so far. Does it feel like it's that big of an accomplishment for you? I mean, it, I don't think it's really hit me yet, but I know, I knew going in, I had, I had nerves. Like just before any other, I had nerves, but I knew this was this was a game changer. I knew life would be a little bit, uh, a little altered after this. For sure, man. For sure. I know there was a lot of respect uh, mutually, you know, for well, basically between both you guys. But I know you had a lot of respect for Hunt uh, coming into this fight. It must feel pretty good to get a win over a legend like that and show everyone in the the division that that you belong there in that title conversation. I'm sure you'd agree with that. Yeah, uh, I love proving myself. I love. I know I have haters. I know I have people that doubt me. I love proving people wrong. Like I seriously get get a high off that, and uh, I know uh, I watched a little video. They were um, someone I forget who they were going around asking a bunch of other UFC fighters like who you think is going to win, and about ninety percent of them said Hunt, which I'm I'm cool with, but it's like I like to prove people wrong. Right, right. Well, the the I guess at the end of the day, the odds were stacked against you. You're fighting 
you know, a legend of the sport in quite basically his own backyard. You were able to go out there, pull off the upset, and in very dominating, dominating fashion for that matter. But he caught you early on in the fight, which, which you had mentioned before, caught you with some big punches. Uh, watching from home, man, it, it, was look, it wasn't looking good there for a moment, but you recovered like a veteran, implemented your game plan, dominating the rest of the fight, as I mentioned. First off, tell me about the shots that he caught you with. Uh, were you in trouble there at all? And did he carry that kind of power that you were expecting? Yeah, like when he hit me, uh, I got said in the post, post-fight interview, it, it kind of went black. Uh, I don't really remember the next 10, uh, 15 uh seconds after that fight. I don't remember getting uh, the takedown. Uh, that was all just, you know, muscle memory. And, um, yeah, he is, he is hard. It didn't hurt, but it was like, he, hit, he must have hit a light switch. Like I said, it went <laughs> black. So you basically went on autopilot there for about 15 seconds. Yeah, that was for sure autopilot. Wow. Wow. Well, nonetheless, again, you, you were able to recover and, and, and uh, really put together a very solid performance. From that point on, you landed the big takedowns, put in some serious work with the ground and pound. I'd imagine that was the game plan going in, or did you really want to test yourself on the feet with him a bit as well? No, uh, the game plan, it was to, like, I didn't want to force the takedown. I wanted it to appear organically. Like, I had to punch in order to get in or a good one and I, that's what I wanted to do when he when he hit me I was closing the distance to land a, a cross and then into a, a double leg but his his overhand got to me before I get to his legs now he, he's been credited uh, you know for having developed some pretty decent takedown defense in recent years did it feel that way to do that way to you I mean I know you have a solid ba- uh, wrestling background and uh, you got in some pretty big slams in there, but would you consider him difficult to take down, or was it all about timing the shot for you? Uh, it was all about timing the, the take down. Him getting him to uh, c- commit to striking and getting underneath him, which is not easy because he's about five nine, five ten, and I've got like five or six inches of him. But um, it's no disrespect to Mark Hunt, but um, I I knew that if I could touch his leg, I could get him on the ground. That's just the confidence I have in my wrestling. I feel that way about anybody. I've taken down Ngannou. I can I feel like I can take down anybody. But there's also there's a transitionary period where you you have to get get in range, and that's where anything can happen. Right, right. You got to walk through the fire to get that takedown. And as you talked about, he does have a very low center of gravity. So I completely understand what you're saying there. Uh, but you clearly wore him out, especially later in the fight, the third round in particular. Did you anticipate him fading with with all the defensive grappling he would have to do? Yeah, yeah. I was I was a game plan. Like I train here in, in Colorado for a very specific reason. It's not like we're doing anything that. That much different from any other gyms. We do striking, wrestling, jujitsu, conditioning. We lift. It's just everything we do here is a mile up. So it just intensifies anything I do. So I knew that my cardio would be would have to be better than his. Yeah, you know, we talked about that the last time we spoke. Uh, 
you know, I was giving you a lot of credit for being one of very few heavyweights up there in that elevation and how much that benefits your game plan or uh, benefits your, your uh, career overall. I mean, just having big, good cardio as a heavyweight, uh, very few guys are, are able to, to, to compete at this level and keep that kind of cardio. Uh, clearly that, that was on display for you uh, on Saturday night, Sunday morning, you know, depending on whose time zone you're going by. But I'm wondering, you, you mentioned Colorado there. Did you get a chance to work with uh, Dwayne Ludwig leading up to this one? Yeah, I go to, I go to Dwayne's um, as a part of the regiment. Uh, I try and get in two or three classes of the week. And then um, I I sprinkle in a little bit of everything. I, I do a lot of cross training at, at a couple of gyms out here. Now, with uh, with Dwayne in particular, I mean, w- w- did you guys do any uh, defensive game planning? Or, you know, w- what was his insight going into this fight? Or is it just strictly uh, training your striking and evolving in that in that facet? Yeah, it was the latter. Because he's, he's not my my specific uh, coach for striking. He, he specifically works with TJ. But he does help me a lot. He does he has shown a lot of interest in me. But my main uh, coach for striking is... Vinny Lopez, right. he's the one that we go over game plans with. We we we, we practice how to incorporate the punches into the takedowns. That's what, who I work with on a one-on-one basis. Right, right. Well, it was, I was just interested to hear, you know, given uh, his his striking credentials. Uh, I'd imagine he he could have had some valuable stuff well, no, for you. Yeah, he he told me uh, specifically to pull across, and that's what I wanted to do. Uh. That's how I got the takedown. I got it on a, a pull step, and we work a lot of pull steps are uh, a base of his his style. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mention that, man. Almost every time I talk to him, we talk about the pull cross at some point. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I definitely had that in my mind. Cool, cool. So after the fight, man, you took to Twitter to to address some of the criticism towards you, which, quite frankly, is absolutely absolutely ridiculous. You know, I've said many, many times on this show, MMA has some of the best fans, and we also have some of the worst fans simultaneously. What exactly was being said to you for you to want to come out and make a statement? Uh, I was being called um, a wet blanket, or if people were saying I was just doing lay and pray, which is super disrespectful to all the hard work I put in. Like, I don't lay and pray. I'm looking to strike, but I'm not going to give up position just to land a big punch. Like, I'd rather hold you and get in my punches here and there. And I guess if people don't like that, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to change my style. So a particular group of fans is appeased. They don't pay my bills. They're not going to pay my hospital bills. They're not going to help me walk around when I'm 50, 55 years old and I've got brain trauma from trying to stand and bang with guys. They're not going to be there. So... I really, I don't want to be disrespectful. I know fans are part of every sport, but I don't, I don't put a lot of stock in fans who can't appreciate good wrestling. Well, for sure, man. And I think if you're going to be a true fan of the sport, you have to appreciate all facets and and uh, game planning and the and the uh, you know the strategic tactics of this sport, what it takes to get a win. And how stupid would you be to stand up with, with Mark Hunt, you know, and, and throw, exactly. like, throw bombs with the guy. That would be I foolish. What he wants to do. I guess I'm trying to win. I'm not, I want to make him comfortable. I want to make him uncomfortable. And he's most uncomfortable on the ground. Absolutely. So that's what I want. Absolutely. 
It, very stupid for people to think that a JUCO wrestler like yourself with a heavy top game, good ground and pound, you wouldn't be looking for the takedown on one of the best strikers in MMA. I mean, what a surprise. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I'm, I'm wondering, was there anything that you learned about yourself or maybe about your techniques uh, in this fight against Hunt? I mean, I went back and I watched it, and I did feel good about my footwork, my head movement. Uh, um, yeah, I felt good about my footwork and, and stuff, and I liked that I was able to rec- recover. You know, you never, you never really n- know if you can with- withstand a firefight until you're in there. So, but um, I knew I already, I. I know I had a chin already because I've I've eaten at least one big hit in all of my fights. So, right. Well, like I said, you recovered like a veteran in there, man. And if anybody throws them hard and and with great crisp technique, it's it's Mark Hunt, that's for sure. And I, if I'm not mistaken, he he hit you with a signature left hook as well. So. Uh, you know, much props to you for recovering through all that. And it, sh- it not only shows your heart and your your dedication to the sport, but as you said, shows your durability. And I think that should uh, be uh, something that everybody's everybody has their eyes on now. You know, not only are you a young guy up and coming, uh, developing all of your skills, but you're tough, you're durable, you have great cardio, and you're a solid wrestler, man. I think you're probably a very tough matchup for anybody in the division at this point. Uh, I would have to agree. <laughs> no doubt for sure man uh so looking ahead now i know there's a little bit of uncertainty for you at this point I, I won't get into any of that but when do you plan to get back into the gym have you already gotten back into the gym and uh you know what are you looking forward to for the rest of the year i actually just got back from practice and uh, got in a little grappling going into my practice uh, i don't want to miss that and um i'm looking forward to this year getting back to the octagon at least twice uh, I'd like to get on the Chicago card June 9th. That's really the one I want. Okay, yeah, that's right. I saw you campaigning for that Chicago card. Uh, you know, the, the top of the division is a bit tied up now. However, there is a guy uh, ahead of you with no current dance partner that, that I think would make a lot of sense. That guy, of course, being Nganu. I'm sure you'd be very interested in that rematch. Or are you focused on maybe getting a guy coming off a win at this point? No, it doesn't. I would take Ghana. Uh, he, I think he's he's a number one contender still right now. So it's not like that would be a bad matchup. Right. Anything that pushes you up the rankings makes sense at this point. Okay. So aside from Francis, though, I mean, is there any other matchup that maybe your team will be pushing for? You know, another name that comes to mind for me would be uh, Alistair Overeem. We don't push for for names. We take what we're given because the game plan remains the same. My path to victory remains the same. Whoever is in front of me, I want to do exactly what happened to Mark Hunt. So the game plan is always the same. It doesn't matter. And they all present tough, tough matches with defeat. So regardless, I would be happy with any one of those guys. Right, right. Very wise of you to say too, man. So many people uh, don't focus enough on their own strengths and uh, worry too much about developing stuff that they'll never quite master. But in reality, you, you got to go with what got you to the party, and uh, that certainly sounds like uh, you know what you're looking at going forward here. Uh, quick side note, man. I know you got a birthday coming up. You got any big plans for the 27th B day? Uh, 
I'm actually going back home to Chicago this weekend. So I'll, I'll be there for a couple of days and just hang out with the friends and family. Very good, man. Cool. So, big matchup was just announced. The new Ultimate Fighter, it'll be Daniel Cormier coaching against Stipe Miocic. What do you think of that matchup? Who do you think is going to take the fight? I think it's a very interesting matchup. It's a good matchup. I like it. Seeing as D- he is a former uh, uh, strike force heavyweight champion, and he's, I think, undefeated as a heavyweight. Yeah, so, cool. he knows how to, he wouldn't be at a disadvantage. And I think the the weights will be a lot closer than people think. He'll probably be 235 and Steve will probably be like 245, 250. And a heavyweight, that's not really much of a difference. So, and he's he's used to being the smaller guys, so you don't have to worry about that. I think Steve wins, though, because he's a very accomplished striker. I think he's an underrated wrestler. Well, he's, he shouldn't be underrated because... Use we all saw what he did to Ghana, and personally, I I got the opportunity to train with him early on in my amateur career a couple years ago, and we we went at it with the wrestling. So I definitely respect his ground game. And I know he's got cardio because we used to do cardio practices, and he would just kill it. So. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, everybody talks about his his hard work in the gym. You know, given that that you've had the opportunity to train with him. Uh, do you see that that kind of hard work that everybody's talking about? Is he really that uh, that much of an animal when it comes to training? Yes, he is a cardio. Like my goal is to get to his cardio level. Like he would do the Jacobson ladder, and then he'd go do agility drills, and he'd go hit the bag, and then we do pool workouts the next day. And he and by the way, he's like a, a fish. He can swim very well. <laughs> uh, he's just he's an athlete and. Yeah, he's got a hell of a cardio, and we know he's t- tough as nails. So I don't, I just, I don't get why he gets looked over so much. He's, he's earned, he's earned his position. Now. I think if, if he does win, he has to go down as the best heavyweight ever. Absolutely. I mean, just based on the three title defenses alone, you could give him that. Uh, a fourth one would certainly cement him, uh, cement his legacy as so. But, you know, talking about training with him and, and going to work with him, uh, this might have been earlier on in your career, but, I mean, was it that point in time that you said to yourself, I can go with these guys. I could be the best in the world, too. No. No, he he whooped the piss out of me. It was actually the opposite. It was very demoralized. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty, man. <laughs> so, listen, being ranked number five now, you're right in the mix for the title shot. I'd say it's not unrealistic for you to be fighting for the belt with one or two more impressive wins. Would you agree with that? Do you think maybe uh, end of 2018 you could be in the conversation for the title shot? Yeah, if I do what I'm supposed to do, yes, sir. Cool, man, cool. So you said you want to fight twice more this year? Yep. Very good, very good. All right, listen, Curtis, as always, we greatly appreciate the time. Awesome conversation with you. Definitely looking forward to all the future has in store for you, brother. In conclusion, tell all the Razorblade fans out there what they can expect from you for the remainder of the year, and what message would you have for the heavyweight division? Um, everyone out there listening, you guys can expect my hands to continue to grow, but I'm not going to get away from my base. 
I want to continue to wrestle people. And you can expect me to keep winning this year. I don't plan on losing. All right, man. Again, greatly appreciate it. Amazing performance for you. Very happy for you for this big, big victory. And uh, I know the future is bright for you. Any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Uh, yeah, I'd like to give a shout-out to my, my sponsor, Iowa uh, Bison Meat. They always hook me up with a couple pounds of meat uh, during my training camps. That's really what I... That's really the only thing I eat. And I think it's... I think it's the best meat you can eat. It's very lean, very healthy. And uh, I also have to give a shout-out to my my coaches, Vinny Lopez, for all the hours he put in with me, my striking and my footwork, and my, my other coach, Cody Donovan, for always uh, getting my mind right. Cause I'm a bit of a head, head case. So uh, he, he's always down to talk and... Get, get me back in the game. Ah, you're right, man. So much of this game is mental. And I know you talked about it last time. You love that bison meat. Uh, I hope you get to enjoy many bison burgers going forward and, and kicking more ass in the cage throughout 2018. You have a wonderful birthday, my man. I hope we can catch up again soon. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. All right, brother. All right, so there you have it, guys. Curtis Razorblades. Very humble kid. Can't say enough about him. A professional, one hell of an athlete. The conditioning of training at altitude in Denver. Got a lot of things going for him. And with a big win over Mark Hunt, puts him in that number five spot. Sky's the limit for this kid. Like I said, keep your eye on Curtis Razorblades. Hopefully he gets that rematch with Nganu. Maybe a fight with Overeem. We didn't get a chance to discuss it. His contract is up. He'll be looking to he'll be going to the negotiation phase right now with the UFC. Uh, his manager asked me not to talk about it, which is totally cool, completely understandable. But hopefully the UFC makes the right move, keeps the guy, and we get to see what he's capable of moving forward in 2018. So that's it for tonight, folks. Again, big shout out to James Lynch for having Chris Taylor on. Big shout out to the whole team: Chris, Tom, Justin, Drake, Russell, Scott. Anybody I'm missing, all of all, everybody doing freelance work for us. Much love to you guys as well. We'll be back next week with another great show. We're working on a really big guest via our own Tom Taylor. I won't drop any names because that'll be bad luck. But hopefully next week we've got a big show with some very big names. Make sure you guys tune in. As I said, bookmark us, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Stay up to date. Set up alerts, notifications. So you get the news before anybody else does. Everything that you crave from the sport that you love in mixed martial arts, BJPenn.com has got you covered, guys. We'll catch you next week. Much love, everybody. Mahalo for tuning in. Peace out.